I'm Mary Beth Smith, your host. This is the first time I've ever done it in that order. Instead of saying your host, Mary Beth Smith. <laughs> Mixing it up every day. <laughs> uh, my guest today was Jeremy Connie. Um, he talks about self-teaching. Literally the act of uh, teaching things to himself. Learning them on his own. Which I absolutely admire. I tried to teach myself how to play the ukulele, and I haven't done much with that since I first got it, which is pretty par for the course for me trying to teach myself things, so I respect his uh, tenacity. Um, But another thing that I taught myself is podcasting, and we can all see how well that's going. Um, (laughs) Oh man, I was almost sincere. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I really, really dug it. I think it's a really unique one, uh, in, in the best of ways. Uh, plugs before we get into it. Uh, this Friday, the 22nd of November, is the last chance to see the Multiverse versus George Lucas, the Neurologs November sketch show. Um, those tickets are going fast, so if you're listening to this and want to go and don't have one, I'd recommend pausing it and ordering, or, you know, multitask, I don't know your life, uh, Ray Ray Wednesdays continues every Wednesday at the One Group Mind Theater at 8 o'clock, I won't be here next Wednesday, I will be down south, probably will record that, uh, intro down south, I'll get some good southern sounding intro audio, Um, but there will still be a show, so if you're in town, aka Chicago, go check it out. My teammates are lovely. They can certainly handle it without me. Probably better than they could handle it with me. Ooh, self-deprecation. Um, (laughs) as always, as well, check out, uh, the Your Stories podcast, the Nerdlogcast. I was on the Nerdlogcast that dropped this Monday, episode six, and, I laughed so much. I was still laughing about some of the things we talked about. Um, we're going to create a Vince Vaughn movie generator. And if that's not hilarious to you, I just don't know what is. Um, based on something that came up in that episode is where the idea for the generator came. Anyway, um, the uh, live recording of the Nerdlogcast is Sunday, December 1st. If you have any interest in being a guest on that uh, live recording, please, please leave a review for MBSing or one of the other podcasts or all three of the podcasts on uh, the Nerdalogs, uh podcast network, as it were, kind of. Uh, and even if you don't have any interest in guesting on that, go ahead if you're enjoying this um, show, I'd really appreciate some reviews, some ratings in the, in the iTunes, um, in the iTunes, just so we get a little bit more visibility, um, get some more people listening, perhaps, because I think it would be fun to share the love, and, uh, fun for my guests to be able to have something, uh, 
like that to be appreciative of. Um, without too much further ado, uh, let's get into MBSing with Jeremy Connie. Enjoy. Uh, today, my guest is Jeremy Connie, and he will be talking about his uh, interest in and love for self teaching, uh, for teaching himself different things, right? That's right. Uh, cool. So my uh, question that I was about to ask was, uh, that I'll save. My first question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing it. Oh, I'm killing man. it. <laughs> oh, there's so much ramp up to this question. Uh, it's going to be the worst once I get to it. Uh, my first question is, uh, when did you first discover that this was something that you really loved doing? What was the inception of your love of self-teaching? Oh, man. I really think it was uh, after college. Mm -hmm. And my best friend was getting married about two, three, two years after college. Okay. And this is someone that I, went, I did improv with in college all okay. four years. And, like, we're best friends. Someone he was dating at the time? Like, while you are in college? Or someone you started dating after college? I'm just curious. Uh, after okay. college, I believe. But they met during college. Okay, gotcha. And he uh, he got married, and I was racking my brain of like what to get him for his wedding present. Mm -hmm. And one thing one thing that we had as a special thing for us during college was his family made this this fruit wine at home. They had a peach oh. orchard. Cool. And they would just, you know, oh, make... I love peaches. Homemade peach wine. Oh, fuck. That sounds great. And he would ever so often bring up a bottle and we would open it during special times. Mm -hmm. Of like when we were getting drunk for special occasions. Right. For the, usually for improv. Special cool. Occasions. Like we had our, la our form, we had a formal show and afterwards had like a very formal dinner party. And cool. And we opened up a bottle of that wine. Awesome. That's awesome. And I came up with this idea of making some of that to give for him for his wedding like not even asking him how his family does it sure without knowing anything about how they do it uh-huh i wanted to make him and surprise him cool and then my over ambitiousness uh took it to led to a i want making to, a bunch of different things i'm going to surprise and serve his entire wedding reception oh cool that's and awesome i like went and figured out and had the joy of figuring out how to make fruit wine Man. for this, and then how to make it good, and then trying to make it, and making it good. Uh -huh. And I serve. I did end up serving his wedding in surprise. He had no idea That's beforehand. That's so cool. And people liked it enough that they requested more, and I've I've been making it ever since. I I remember talking to you at a uh, former guest of the show, Alex Talavera's mm -hmm. uh, Fourth of July party about. Um, about how you've done a little bit of winemaking and brewing. Yeah. I think you, I remember you saying that w making wine is easier than brewing your own beer. Oh, so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to boil anything. Right. You just put all the stuff in a barrel and then you stir it for a week and then you go, I don't need to see it. <laughs> do but. you, where do you get, uh, where did, first of all, where did you get the information to teach yourself? All internet information mm -hmm. or? Mm -hmm. That's what I've actually learned a lot in this, in my joy of self-learning is in this day and age, you can pretty much self-teach yourself anything thanks mm -hmm. to all the information that's put on the internet mm -hmm. and just groups of people that are 
equally enthusiastic about the thing that you're trying to learn have usually put out information. That's so cool. I it makes me wonder what uh what kind of thing how you know how did people teach themselves things before the <laughs> internet existed? But I feel like we ask ourselves questions like that a lot in you know as people of our generation. Right. We don't even How did people before do things that we do now so easily? Right. Yeah. I mean for me something I it's like a TV show you're watching, and you're like, what show is that actor from? I'll literally never know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I'll never figure out why I know who that person <laughs> is, uh, unless I can miraculously remember it. Whereas something, you know, you can pull out your phone, yeah. look up IMDb, and automatically know. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, person-to-person transfer of knowledge. Yeah, it would have to it be. Like. Which seems like... Uh, interestingly, uh, why people, why families would stay in the same business? Because it was just like, oh, we learned the family business, but Mm -hmm. we're so far removed from that being a necessity in our current society. Right. Huh. It used to be all like apprenticeships. Right. People locked up knowledge before because there's value in knowledge. Right, 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 right. But, and only recently is that like, well... We could just learn whatever we want to learn. And I feel like there's some there's some things that are like becoming obsolete as a result of that. Yeah, like, totally. You know, some repair type things and mm-hmm. uh, simple repair things, typists, all these things that are being like you don't need them anymore. Right, becoming either common uh, abilities mm-hmm. or something that you could easily figure out how to do. Right. Or just, you know, life hacks. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, life hacks are hilarious. <laughs> because it's, it's, I think it's on the same, that term is uh-huh. on the same level as what people expect from the term deal breaker. Yeah. Like in terms of like relationships. Okay. These are not serious things. Oh, sure, sure, sure. These are like superfluous or very light things that you take as like they That's need to be more than they are a really really apt description <laughs> yeah i i had a bit uh that like when i first moved to chicago i was in a group of uh like female writers and Ooh. most of them were um stand-ups and i n- never did stand-up but they were some of my only friends in the city at that point so i had written some like stand-up bits that have never <laughs> been performed um and one of them had to do with like uh the idea of a red flag in a relationship, like okay. you're saying, a okay. deal breaker, mm-hmm. and uh, like, <laughs> and then the, the idea of a red pennant, which was a, a smaller flag that was just like a, <laughs> it was like a warning. It didn't mean as much. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, it was like, <laughs> uh, you should probably know that this is like, a bad thing. Yeah, uh, for, for like, and then the little co- the red cocktail umbrella. Right. Yeah. Just like there were, I had this concept <laughs> that never got fully fleshed out or made into a, a <laughs> full bit of like like you said like that could be. little levels of you could, uh, you could still make it a bit that's def- a great bit i definitely could i probably will it's still tucked away in a notebook somewhere uh but yeah that's that's what the the idea of a deal breaker made me think of yeah. maybe it's just a little red pennant uh <laughs> uh but i think that's a really good description like <laughs> life hacks are <laughs> I, I love using the term life hack ironically yeah, yeah. I think that's a perfect way to use it too. I think so too because using it seriously means that you really need to know how to cut 
grapes better. Right. <laughs> and nobody anyone, really needs that. Is anyone cutting grapes on a consistent enough <laughs> basis that they have to use two Tupperware lids? Some people are on the grape diet. Just grapes. And my favorite, my most recent use of life hacks, ironically, was I went to a haircut really hungover, and I was trying to do. Um, math for a tip. Yeah. And he told me one price, and then he was like, "So usually it's this, but I'll give you a deal." So he gave me a discounted price, and I was like, "Oh, cool." So I went to give him tip, a, a tip, and I tipped the original price, but I also included the original price. Basically, I tipped twenty percent of the the price that he had told me was the actual price of the haircut, not right. the discounted the price. One. Yeah. So Which is proper proper right, procedure. That's proper right. Yes. But I added it to the actual price. <sighs> Does that make sense? So I tipped the I tipped twenty percent so of the actual didn't price. Give yourself a discount. Exactly. <laughs> so he gave me a discount and I did not accept it. <laughs> and I tipped him twenty percent. And I walked out and I was like, oh fuck. Uh, <laughs> so and that's not something you can go back on. Nope. You nope. Know? So I walked out of getting my haircut and I tweeted, I was like, hey, don't get a haircut when you're hungover. You'll overtip. Life hack. <laughs> uh, that's what I think. That's I'm what I think. Use that one. You should. You should. <laughs> don't get a haircut. Don't go to a haircut hungover. <laughs> Just don't do it, guys. Oh man, this is a question I was gonna ask. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what are some of the things that you've self-taught yourself? Okay, sure. Uh, Basically, my entire career that I'm doing now is self-taught. Wow. Uh, graphic design, web design, web develop, photography was one of the hardest ones to self-teach. <laughs> I dropped my pen uh, cap. It's unimportant. <laughs> uh, Winemaking. Uh, those are like the big ones. The ones that I'm really proud of. What did you go to school for? Civil engineering. Okay, I knew that. Um, so... But you worked in engineering for six years, a, a while. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then you kind of stepped away from it, right? Um, and that probably helped me in my self teaching. Sure, uh, because that it, I learned how to break down a lot of hard problems, mm -hmm. it's tough concepts and shit. And all you, all you do in a, a tough problem is figure out how to break it into smaller problems mm -hmm. and solve each one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's really what self teaching is. Or solve any problem solving, really. Okay. Uh, and I've always been particularly fairly good at that. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely helped that like base knowledge of engineering help me break down these bigger issues. Oh, I want to learn photography. Well, how do I how do I do that specifically? Mm -hmm. Uh, sure. What? How do you teach yourself something like web design? To me, that seems so like you have to learn HTML and you mm -hmm. have to learn, uh, you know the like the graphic design aspects of it yeah. um what what is what are those breakdowns of uh problem solving look like uh pretty much the first step i always do when i'm trying to learn something is go see what someone the, what what people the best have done cool so <clears throat> one of my things that i really enjoy doing and i'm i'm pretty good at is finding patterns and things Okay. So usually if I observe something, I can figure out if I'm concentrating what they're doing to do it right. Okay. So in the case of web design, I'd usually either research web design to start uh, and then go look at a site and of 
like find a side I like, mm-hmm. then figure out <clears throat> how they made it. Like what are the parts of it? There's obviously graphic parts of it, but you specifically when you're doing web design, you have to break apart each graphic and layer them appropriately yeah, right. using code. And then it's just a lot of, okay, well, that's probably its own graphic. This is that. Mm-hmm. And uh, figuring, seeing the structure of something is always something that's I've, I've been decent at. Sure. Did you already have um, coding experience? That really? All, that was all self-taught, too. Yeah. Wow. And that's, that's a bit easier than design. Well, maybe. It depends. Mm-hmm. That, that you could read mm-hmm. and go, okay, well, this is the formal sentence structure of the code. This is sure. how each part works and, and the, the each part what that means. Okay. Because all HTML is is a language. Yeah, yeah. It's like learning Spanish or English. They all have rules. Mm-hmm. It's all different rules that you learn and then you practice the rules. Yeah. I took a, a um, computer science class in high school because uh, I went to a math and science school and it was required for our graduation. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like a really base level 101 type uh, class. But uh, I had, you know, little to no experience going in. And that that uh, guess and check type, you know, process in programming, it's such mm-hmm. a specific and frustrating, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> like, oh, process so cool. that I, I cannot imagine people who do that for a living. And, I mean, I know plenty of people who, who program uh, or you know, use HTML at least in their in their uh, you know everyday lives in their jobs. And I was like decent at it, I guess, because I would also consider myself someone who's who's pretty good at at, at breaking something down, problem solving on mm-hmm. a on a pretty base level. Um, if I think Stephanie already left, but oh no, she's still here. She can attest to the fact that if something is broken or not working in the apartment. Uh, it's usually like, hey, uh, Ray Beth, can you like put this door handle back on, <laughs> or whatever said thing sure. is? And you know that sounds really simplistic, but I like figuring things like that out. Yeah. I, I really impressed a, joy, a college man. roommate by uh, getting a clog out of our sink drain when, <laughs> but like had to like take out the uh, the stopper. And it had it was really fucking oh, the, gross. The yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, God. So I like took out big chunks of our drain and then like put it all <laughs> back together and turned it on and everything was fine and it wasn't uh, clogged anymore. And I did it all at like two in the morning, of course, because yes. I was just like, well, this is broken and it needs to be <laughs> it fixed. It needs to be fixed. Now. <laughs> and I feel like I probably can do it. Yeah. Um, you know. And then there's always times when those are that's a horrible <laughs> idea. Sure, uh, sure. But yeah. It's it's funny. Uh, I someone told me this recently. Um, Megan Strickland. I don't know if you've been. Oh, I know Megan. Megan. I went through IO with her. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I think she's awesome, and she may not even remember the fact that she told me this. But I was talking to her about um, I think a tech gig that I mm-hmm. had, um, and I told her that I thought I'd like gotten a little bit in over my head as far as like it, the tech was pretty tough, and I know there are people who are much better at. Um, doing tech for shows than I am, uh, lights and sound. Oh, okay, you're and talking about stage tech. Yeah, 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 Got stage it. tech. I realized that was pretty um, 
vague. Because I know you have a medical background as well. Yeah, right. Like, well, is she talking about <laughs> no, no, surgery? No, 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 that um, often uh, women don't find themselves in situations like that as much as men do because, like, biologically, for, for one reason or another, uh, women are more inclined to uh, turn something down if they don't feel like they can properly do it. Sure. Uh, whereas men are more inclined to uh, agree to do something even if they are not... Uh, qualified for it mm-hmm. and she uh that may be a vast oversimplification but this is something um you know it even applied to like the professional world sure. of uh people getting promotions or even jobs uh yeah. that there's just like this intrinsic bravado <laughs> that yeah. some uh that a lot of men possess that not as many women do. I do think it's partially biological. I think so too. In, in that women uh, have some part of them that values a safe choice. Mm-hmm. Safety. Basically from the idea of a safe home for mm-hmm. their family. Sure. I think. I think it's a maternal instinct. Mm-hmm. It comes from that. Mm-hmm. And whereas men are are biologically set to like well we need to go out and go do something right. in order to provide for right. the family I, th- I think i think i think that's true i also think there's some uh there's some cultural oh, uh, oh, yes. uh reinforcements there <laughs> solidly. solidly um and you know and i think that may be changing for for the better uh or you know for better or for worse so. who's to say that it's better for someone to accept a position if they don't feel like they can properly do it you know <laughs> right uh i think All there's things in balance exactly mm-hmm. i i think there's a some happy middle ground there where people are agreeing to do something that they think they have the ability to do mm-hmm. and the higher level of whatever it is has the ability to right. inform them in the way that they need to be informed to be able to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I just Appropriate thought, risk-taking. Yeah, I, yeah. exactly. Appropriate yeah. risk-taking. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that is like the ideal for job searching, honestly. Definitely. Because you're definitely not going to want something they feel like you're overqualified for but feeling like you have no idea what you'd be getting yourself into is a whole different story sure um but i thought that was an appropriate thing to to bring up in in a conversation about self-teaching definitely have you do you feel like you've agreed to do something in the past before you've really known whether you can do it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i have i've gotten slightly in over my head before (laughs) uh I don't know if I want to talk about names. <laughs> uh, you can but... change names and, <laughs> and uh, you can turn something into like uh, oh, make, planting an orchard man. if it's not actually <laughs> planting an orchard. <laughs> um, man, when was a specific example of something? Uh, I definitely have gotten in the course of developing websites before been like, oh yeah, I could develop that type of website in a very tough language Uh and 
maybe sort of shifted the client to an easier language. <laughs> when I was like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to learn that right now. Right, sure. And I don't know. I feel like I've applied for a lot of jobs and just not gotten them, that thankfully. wouldn't have. That I, yeah. I would have just been like, I don't really know how to do that. Yeah, actually, when I got the job that I have now uh, that I'm super happy in, and I think you know, I was really like well suited for and definitely, um, able, uh, to do. Um, at the same time, I, I all but got offered another job as, uh, the head of a, um, quality assurance department at a pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. Um, like this was a, a relatively new company that needed to hire as many QAs as they could. And that was what I had done in my first job in Chicago, but I was very, very much on like a low level of the totem pole, not writing any protocols, just following it and things like that. But I would have been asked to write protocol and, uh, and kind of really like spearhead that type of department. Uh, I would have been paid a lot more and, but, um, my commute would have been about Two to three times as long, probably Ugh. twice as long, about an hour, uh, maybe a little over an hour. And I did not feel like it was something that I, A, could do uh, without a lot of training, mm -hmm. or B, wanted to do, <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, so it, it was a, a semi-tough decision mm -hmm. of, you know, do I take this for more money uh, in something that I probably wouldn't be as happy in? No. no, no, I don't do that. No, that's a smart decision. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, definitely was something I, you know, talked to my recruiter about, who mm -hmm. uh, had sent me to both the interviews. Yeah, um, and had to, uh, you know, thankfully they were a great recruiter and and were really like honest with me and not just trying to get me to take the higher paying job oh, yeah. because it would have made gotten more a great money for them. For them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what? Uh, what's some of your favorite things that you have produced as a result of self-teaching? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, so something else that I've taught myself really how to do is produce shows. Cool. And really, producing shows is really quite easy as long yeah. as you like talking to people and figuring out what, what can get you what you need for your show. Sure. Uh, so when I was in college, I was the president of my improv team for my senior year. Where'd you go to school? Uh, U of I, Urbana-Champaign. That's right. <clears throat> I was in a group called Spicy Clamato. Spicy Clamato. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to be my next question, so I'm glad you volunteered that information. Yep. yep. <laughs> and uh, during my time, I in this was solidly in the time of my life where I was really ambitious, <laughs> which I've kind of backed away from recently. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm now moderately ambitious. Okay. But then I was, like, super ambitious. Okay. And I want to do something big. I want to do something I've never been done before. And so I did this big, like, regional improv and sketch showcase for at our college. Cool. That pulled in groups from across the Midwest. Awesome. Never been done before at U of I but I had seen, you know, people have bad ideas Seems out like there. a great place to do it. Yeah, it was uh, pretty successful. Cool. And it took a lot of like, okay, well, how do I do a big show? And how do I do it on campus here? Right. How do I logistically organize all of that? Mm -hmm. And that was something 
that was one of the big joys of self-teaching myself something and just doing it. Cool. And that's something that you're still doing with Corez, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually just about to leave Corez. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. That is, that, I've done really big shows with Corez That Corez's you before. did with Corez. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that, that, uh, it's called Malignant Humor down at U of I. It's still going on to this day. That's the name of the festival? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and how many, so how many years has it been running? It's now in... Malignant humor, I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it. Oh, god damn it. I really did, I was like writing it down. Oh, Christ. <laughs> what a great name for a festival. That's yeah, really, really funny. Uh, credit goes to Mr. Kirill Baru, who, okay. is, who is now, like, writing, solidly writing TV shows. Cool! Yeah, like, actual TV shows. Cool! Yeah. What has he written for? He's written, he's now writing for Dan Versus. Okay. On Cartoon Network, he was on Ugly People for a little bit, when that was still going on. Yeah. And, or yeah. Ugly, ugly, ugly Americans? Americans? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Cool. Yeah, That's he's, awesome. He's like the most famous person I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the most famous person that I know, like, personally is. I'd have to think about it. Yeah. Um, I've met a few, but not no one that I would say, I know that guy. Yeah. Uh, or girl. Or man or woman. <laughs> so that's a that's a cool answer. The the producing aspect of that. So I mean, mm-hmm. I had a friend in, in college who also took to uh really wanting that to be something that he kept doing. Um and he did a great job of, of doing it uh while he while we were still in school. Um now he works for a, a car dealership and cool. does nothing creative. No. <laughs> yeah, he he made his bed. Um, yeah, <laughs> he was supposed to move up here with me. Oh, it's oh, it's no. not a it's oh. not a it's kind of a thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm just bummed. I think he really paths, yeah, chosen. just a different path. Uh, I think he'd really like it up here. Um, but it's, I mean, that's not to say that what you did is any small thing. Like I'm sure he didn't yes. do it because it was scary. Yeah, I know. I know for sure that was an aspect. And you know, he he may end up. Uh, here at some point in the future, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I know. Because you came from uh, South East Carolina. Coast? Yeah, South yeah. Carolina. Yeah, South yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I did, and I didn't really have too much keeping me there. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mean to say that in like a negative way. No, um, but the safety of home and right. familiarity of home right. is enough to keep a great percentage of people where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I've lived here. It's easier than what you don't. For sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Goes back to the uh, not wanting to accept doing something if you don't know how to do it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, definitely in part. um, But yeah, it's. uh, I'm coming up on three years here, and I'm uh, gradually more and more of my friends who I did work with creatively in school Mm -hmm. are either becoming like. you know, getting farther away from their own graduate. Now they're all graduated because mm. I, find, like, just got to the point where the people who were freshmen when I was a senior have sure. graduated. And oh, you came here right after college. Yeah, like, yeah. Right after. Oh, uh, like three months. Yeah. Or wow. After the summer. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, but 
yeah, it's it's it seems like the next year or two could be finding a, an influx of people that uh, I went to school with. My, my roommate Stephanie moved here a little about a year ago, hmm. and it was essentially a result of me already being here. And another friend of ours, AD, who just helped uh, the Nerdlogs with something for one of our most recent shows. Um, kind of ended up here as a result of knowing that she and I were here. And so it's, you're an anchor for your friend it, group. It seems like we're going to become Pied Pipers, and, nice. and I'm really excited about that, because I think that a lot of the people who would be coming here would be much happier here in this creative environment than they are in their own. Um, that's vastly off-topic, but... No, well, I, it still rings true with me, because I really enjoy doing things that help show other people that they can do things too. Yeah, man. Okay, and it's a little less off topic than I thought it would be. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's... <laughs> like, I really like... Uh, I get... That's the most... Uh, I get really into social uh, help and stuff like that. Sure. Because... Not, I'm not in, like, a community organization way, but for my friends and people that I know, or just showing people that... You don't have to be unhappy with something just because yes. it's present. Yeah. Isn't and that important? Yeah. <laughs> and a defi- that's definitely on topic for me because uh, how I became really happy with my own life and both career-wise and creatively is realizing that if you want to learn something... It's just realizing what that is, taking the time to realize what that is, and then going out and making it a realization for yourself and and teaching yourself. Uh, And this is something that, this is kind of an epiphany that you had about a year ago now when you left your uh, engineering job? I actually just left in June. Really? I had been solidly working towards it for about three years. Okay. When I had like realized this is not for me. I need to get out of here. Longer ago decision that you had had. It's hard. It was a hard pivot for me because I had gotten so one so used to all the influx of money in my engineering job. Sure. Never had lived below. I had never had to like. It's that's a shitty thing to really uh, complain about. I had not really had. Not a lot of money before that. Sure. But it was a hard thing I mean, thing to... it's, it's not a sh- shitty thing to complain about, I don't think. I think it's just a, a fa- you know, a fact. If, yeah. if you had, you came right out of school into a job that you had an internship for, right? Something like that? I had, yeah. I had I'd worked some summer jobs, and I, yeah, I got a job pretty soon right after college, in June after college, and I just always had, you know, sure. a pretty good salary. Yeah. And, and not too many people have that... Uh, uh, you know that start going into design that start right yeah. um, and I think I mean similarly I uh, I lived up here for about a year and a half working that pharmaceutical job mm-hmm. and making really decent money there and then uh, got laid off and spent about a year living off of what I had made because I spent way under my means. Oh, good for you. Well, thank you. I I, I don't say it in attempt to brag. I I talked about it a lot uh, at the the, uh, inception of the podcast because I was Mm -hmm. still unemployed when I started (laughs) doing the podcast, so it was something that I thought about incessantly. Sure. Um, Sure. So I... 
Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, a whole year? <laughs> yeah. That's I, amazing. I was on unemployment for half that. Uh, so that, that was, uh, okay. that was, that helped for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there was six months of, uh, independent, um, living off of, uh, savings. It, I was a contractor the whole time I was working. So I had no concept of sure. when I wasn't going to be contracting anymore. That's tough. It was, but it. it I was learned. that your first? That was your first job out, yeah. out of college. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's tough. Even by like, you don't have any bearings. Yeah. Of what it should or shouldn't be. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was really nerve wracking. Uh, uh, you know, even while I still had the job, because I was just like, I don't know when I'll lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. Oh, I don't... so you were? Were you constantly saving because of that fear? Mm, mostly. That makes sense. Uh, but I was also, say, a I full-time have a... worker out of college doesn't save like that. <laughs> uh, I also expressed this on a recent podcast that I have a fear of not being able to support myself financially, mm. uh, even when I had the means to. Mm. Um, so I, I am not necessarily um, a. Uh, I'm. I spend when I want to spend I do try not to spend on frivolous things I don't sure. buy things very often except for food and booze uh, two and, very important <laughs> things and 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 uh, uh, movie tickets and theater yeah. tickets and things like that um, those are the three main groups of financial expenditure for me um, and I think that most people of our age and our uh, interest would probably say the same thing. Would agree, yes. Um, but I don't really spend money outside of that much, which I think helps. Anyway. I, school loans? You have any school loans I left do, out? yeah. Um, but I never defaulted. I kept paying them the whole time. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, That's awesome. I, I just, I couldn't, I was too afraid of not being able to do it. Yeah. You know, I was, I was too afraid of, uh, of having to, you know, I, of whatever the consequences would be. So I just made sure. myself be able to do it. <laughs> uh, that's gotta feel good having, uh, been through that and yeah. accomplished that. Yeah, it does. Uh, getting the job that I really wanted and I'm really happy in was, and still is, uh, you know, really good for my mental health. <laughs> Absolutely. Because uh, I know, there's, yeah. There's some part of human psychology that just, if you're not working and not producing, mm-hmm. maybe this is entirely cultural. Probably is 90% cultural. But that feeling of not doing something slowly eats away at you if you're Oof. not, if you don't. It was rough. You don't fix it. Like, it was rough. It's just I, uh, become this pile of like, well, I'm not worth things. Yeah, it sucked. It uh, there were there was a couple months where, maybe like three or four months where I focused my energy of not doing anything into working out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you look great. Like you lost <laughs> so much weight. And I was like, yeah, I'm unemployed, so mostly I just work out because I don't know what else to do, or unless I would just be on my couch trying to look for jobs, and you can only do that so much. And, it would, and they'd be like, cool, great, gotta go, can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> so it was like this vicious cycle of like getting really nice compliments because I was like working out a lot, um, and me just You're being like, like, oh, thanks. This is why it's happening. Like. I can't take a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's just ending it at thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks. I, I don't have 
I don't have the ability to do that. I really don't. Uh, I just, like, I can't take a compliment without, like, if someone's like, hey, your hair looks nice today, I'm like, thanks, didn't take a shower. Like, <laughs> that's gotta... something I say almost every time someone tells me my hair looks nice that day. That's well, interesting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a problem. I have a problem. Um, I have a question. Sure. Uh, you loaned the Nerdalogs a... Uh, Giant Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda, appropriately sized sword, master sword, a life size did, master did How did how did you acquire this? Uh, my dad and brothers actually made it for okay, me. Okay, I knew someone had made it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if you had or if someone else had. So this is a, a symptom of me being an overly ambitious college person. Okay. Uh, I decided to go to Madison for Halloween, Madison, Wisconsin, right. and this was like a known. Really big Halloween party school. Cool, like, cool. After going there, I can tell you from first uh, account, people flood the streets. At the end of the night is always policemen on horseback, wow. in riot gear, tear wow. gas, in the form of like street, like them throwing cans. And well, also, they have a really big stretch of a street that's just bars, right? Yeah, state state street. Yeah, okay. and they that would just get like overpopulated with drunk people, and they would always end in chaos. Okay. So we planned a a, a, a group theme going one year. Very cool. And we went at Smash Brothers. Oh my god, that's awesome! And obviously, I wanted to be Link. Okay. And I wanted to be Link, but I didn't have the ability or time to do a Link costume. Right. So I asked my mom and my dad to help me, <laughs> and my mom made a full costume. And oh, sent it babe, to me, or I picked it up great. at some point. And my dad, like, he was a, a head of a manufacturing uh, place. Okay. So he had access to a bunch of tools. And he milled down three pieces of wood and, like, shaped them into a master sword. Because you can see the hilt is, like, mm-hmm. way fatter. Mm-hmm. That's three boards wide. Wow. And they're just, they're glued together. Cool. And it's all painted. And nice it looks and awesome. It's one if... of my most prized possessions. <laughs> it really is. I, that doesn't surprise me, <laughs> it's, honestly. It's a, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, if you remember or get a chance or I bug you about it, you should send me a pic of that uh, costume. Oh, so that man. I There's can... a really famous pic of me. I got on collegehumor.com. Really? Actually. Cool. I got... Please send me that link. <laughs> That's not flattering, though. Because I want to see it. Yeah, I, I think it's still up on the servers somewhere. It, my friend took a picture of me when I was passed out in a kitchen, legs splayed <laughs> out, link. dressed as Link, and he sent in the caption that said, Tonight, Ganon won. <laughs> Please send that to me. I, I'll Please. find it. I will find oh, it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> It's a great pride and shame of mine. <laughs> One in the same. Oh man, that's so appropriate for our use of the Master Sword in the show that we're doing. I can't wait to see it, by the way. You, I really hope you like it, but I truly think you will. Uh, I'm sure I will. This Friday? Next Friday? When you... Next Friday. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm going, uh, me and Eric are going, I think Mar- Molly Jane Kramer is coming as awesome. well. And we're like me and getting a little group go. Sounds great to me. Yeah. I'm excited. I it's been really fun so far. If it's hard to believe we're already halfway through the run, honestly. Mm-hmm. It just feels like we just started it. Uh I mean it's only four nights. That's gotta feel good for you though to do a run. I love it because I, I really enjoy uh in college our shows, um, our theater shows were two weekends, so we'd end up doing like 
10 shows or something like that mm-hmm. over the course of two weeks. 10 shows. Yeah, so we oh, do two like two weeks. Yeah, so we do like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So fast. And then take a break and do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something like that. Yeah, Wednesday, that Thursday, never Friday, happens Saturday, in Sunday. comedy here. Maybe that's like nine shows, either eight or nine. Sure. Either way, like yeah. a number of shows. So doing one-offs of sketch shows has felt very weird. Like I, I, I fall in love with material pretty easily if mm-hmm. especially if i'm if it's something i'm proud of and i mean mm-hmm. every uh, neurolog show I've, I've been involved in has had uh if not the entire show but at least um large portions of it that i've been proud of so it's cool to get to really uh play in that show uh, more than once um but yeah it's it's super rare in the comedy world to yeah. find that it's we're so like burn and churn here yeah. and we don't have the ability or the want to like figure out how to make shows last longer mm-hmm. uh, in comedy at least mm-hmm. it's tough it take it's a different skill set mm-hmm. like God by liver has been going for seven years now would, and that's not because it's you know just easy <laughs> right, to do that right I uh I think at least part of it has to do with the the improv mentality yeah like, because those shows next. are so fleeting that you have no concept of, like you said, what comes next. Right. Um, cool. Oh, I want to give one little shout out. Please. Uh, so when I heard that, when I was asked uh, for my Master Sword, uh, which is the second time that the Nerdalogs is at, have asked <laughs> I didn't realize sword, that. Uh, it was used in the first show okay. uh, as just a like decoration for the room, as cool. well as my life-size Mega Man helmet, but we can get into that later. <laughs> I think I have uh, seen the Mega Man. Oh, it, that was also before. used in another uh, Nerlock show during The Walking Dead when yeah, Joe I did Mega uh, Man. Yeah, 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 Skywalking yeah. Dead. Yeah, That's I right. saw that. I saw that sketch. And I was, uh, after I was asked, I said yes, of course. And then I was talking to Chris about it. And he let it drop that Ryan Ben was <laughs> uh, using the Master Sword. So I. One had this emotion of, oh, well, why didn't I get asked to be used <laughs> right. to, to fill in? And then simultaneously, there would be no one that I would be happier <laughs> to hold my master sword in a show than Ryan then. Because I love that man so much. Uh, I'm really glad that we got that in there. And I'll make sure that he knows. Uh, he, he's been pretty good about listening. I don't know how caught up he is. Uh, he usually tells me when he listens to Oh, yeah. <laughs> What a sweet, sweet man. He is uh, the quite possibly the nicest person I've ever met. Uh, sure. And I'm really glad that I've gotten to work with him. He was originally just going to be understudying. And one of the reasons right, yeah. that we asked him to do it is because we were going to get him and Adam Shrek mm-hmm. to fill in on the same day when Kevin and Chris were out of town. Right. Adam couldn't do it. And it's not like we're going to be like, well, fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> uh, because why could... Actually, that's a big inside joke <laughs> in um, our the team that we're on together, Reagan Reagan. Right. Uh, most of our uh, email sign sign offs include uh, F O R B, which stands what? for "fuck off, Ryan Ben," <laughs> <laughs> because it. I I'm not the. I'm not the become? instigator. Was that Nick? And I'm not... It, of course it was of Nick. Of course it was of Nick. Of course it was Nick. Yes. Uh, you <laughs> fucking nailed it. And uh, both past guests of the show, Nick Johnson yeah. 
I listened to his right it's after Ryan Thomas. Good. Yeah. yeah, I thought his was really fun. I'm actually going to a NoFX show with him. Really? For his birthday. Yeah, oh, that's in fantastic. December, and I've never been to a show anywhere <laughs> close to like that, and he's so excited. Awesome. So we'll see. I could die. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you threw that in there because um, Ryan's the best. Uh, lastly, how do you think that self teaching has affected your uh, life in general, what kind of influence it's had, which is, I think, something that we've been um, touching on already, but I'd love for you to speak to specifically. And your creative life, uh, mm. um, you know, improv, any kind of performance, any kind of, you know, the producing that you have done. Sure. Um, just however you want to speak to that question, go for it. I think uh, out of all, and the reason why I chose to talk about this today, or really mm-hmm. wanted to talk about this today, is how, how really empowering it has felt to be comfortable in the idea of, to, of self-teaching mm-hmm. and being able to self-teach. Because it literally means that you can do whatever you want to do. And for me, that's changed my entire life. Cool. Entire life. I started out in a career that I was taught uh, in college, found out I didn't want to do it. If I didn't teach myself something, I would have had to go back to school, waste a lot of time. Instead, I had the joy of self-teaching and teaching myself whatever I wanted to to do next. Because most of what you're doing right now is freelancing and Mm -hmm. web-based things. Yeah, yeah. All just stuff that I picked up on my own. That's so cool. And... I've had I've gotten on so many great adventures by doing stuff like I recently traveled to Scotland for photography mostly, mm-hmm. and that was. I was hoping that of, would come up at some point. I meant yeah. to ask about it, and I forgot. <laughs> that's that's another huge point in my life where I was like, I want to do this. Let's figure out how to do this, and really, that's all that self teaching is 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 having that strong of a desire to do something and then figuring out how to make it a reality for yourself. And I think to that's me, the that's, hardest part. It is. is is the actual carrying out of it, carrying out of it. Definitely, the devil's always in the details, mm-hmm. and it can get frustrating at times, and it can be entirely disheartening at times when you don't pick up something as fast as you thought you would, maybe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like it something turns out to be really more difficult than you thought it would be. Like I've I've tried I've something that. Uh, Something that also gives me is a long laundry list of things that I want to teach myself. Sure. Uh, Yeah, Uh, of course. Like, the number one thing probably on that list is I want to learn carpentry and Uh, make my own furniture. That's awesome. And that's solidly on the list. I'm going to do it at some point before I'm 50. I'm guessing. Uh, I have every faith that you will. Uh, You should just, like, uh, go to Offerman's Woodshop. Is that com. A, yeah, yeah. Nick Offerman has oh, his own wood shop. What? Yeah, yeah. He makes. He's made props for Parks and Rec before. He Whoa. made. He made a canoe that they used on the show. Oh, which I think is awesome. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Canoes aren't easy to make. No, he said it's one of the hardest things that he does. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he also, a lot of his carpentry I think was self-taught like mm-hmm. because he just wanted to be able to get into the theater somehow oh, so he was cool. just like I'll just be uh, I'll build sets and stuff and <laughs> then he was like hanging around enough and they were like hey that guy has been around 
Let's cast him in something. <laughs> He's, he has a super cool story. By chance, have you seen his old actor headshot? No. Oh, yeah. It does, it's like that a... That big, like, gigantic phallic. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I oh. have. Yes, I have. That is the He's most... He's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous and original... I love him so much. Of ...headshot work that I've ever uh, seen. I love him so much. <laughs> you do some headshot work, yes? Uh, yeah, that's part of my photography. Uh, I get to count it as business, which yeah. is very nice. Cool. I do portrait, I do landscape. Those are my two big things. Man, but... the fact... That's so cool. The fact that you can literally say that you've changed your life by being able to self-teach yourself things is so awesome. Uh... How do you feel like self-teaching has influenced you as a as a performer, as a creative? Ooh, that's a good question. That, I learn a lot of things from performance from other people. Cool. Uh, so for me, performance is usually actually not so much self-taught. Okay. That has been a group endeavor. Sure. Uh, I've learned from professionals here in Chicago, going through I.O., going mm -hmm. through Second City, mm -hmm. and then just bouncing ideas off of people and seeing what other people do really well yeah. has been the greatest thing, that's the awesome. greatest learning opportunity yeah. for my performance, Yeah, definitely. I think I would feel the same uh, way. But that's, more, that's probably more that like I'm not a super great performer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a lot of fun performing. Yeah. I've always been surrounded most important part. with people that are much better than me and I, <laughs> I love admiring those people yeah and uh, being able to recognize people that are good at what you are doing is half the battle I think sure it, like you're saying being able to assess that is a thing that I like what can I do to emulate that thing that I like about that person yeah and I think that's a result of self-teaching like you said with the fucking sure. websites graphic yeah. design and things like that uh, is there anything that you can think of where when you've self-taught your, yourself like um, uh, is there anything you feel like you've self-taught yourself that comes out in creatively like mm. uh, uh, whether it be it via like improv or um, like I guess when you're producing uh, like I'm something sure that doesn't use... naturally come out creatively right. like that got amplified by self-teaching yeah. yeah yeah I think that's Ooh. probably um, it's okay if you... I'm not sure. I mean, when you were producing, you used graphic and web design, yes? Oh, definitely. Sure. I was the big... I was, like, the designer for Corez, basically. And so... the latest poster for Imaginary. Oh, for I love that. Yeah. Was, is, like, my most prized poster design. It's right really cool. It's the picture strip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah that was it. a lot of fun. I there. love that, and I loved the, uh, the one for Pretty the last friend. show. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Both of those, uh were really great pubs, so spot on. Yeah, thank uh, you. Yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, this was awesome. Thank this you so was much. This a lot of fun. <laughs> I, could I could talk rages on this. Uh, I'm topic. sure, and I, I, and I could too, and I try to keep them under an hour <laughs> just for the sake yeah. of not turning into uh, a movie-length podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. Yeah. about things that I really like talking about. It seemed it seemed like uh, when you mentioned that this is what you would probably speak uh, speak about, it seemed like a really good, fun thing. So, uh, Jeremy, the way that I end every podcast is that I say I love you, and I mean that. I love you, too. I mean that. Oh, yeah. Flaming red, 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 flaming red,
been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.